What's up, everybody? How you doing? How you living? This is Austin Cunningham and Justin Treese of Talking Football. Week 9 has come to an end. We are recording during the middle of this Monday night game, and it's looking like it's all Cowboys. Daniel Danger Zone Jones is just making mistakes and really just kind of costing the game. And that's about the furthest breakdown of this game that you're going to get from us today. Uh, we will break down more of it on Thursday. I realized last week I did not cover last week's Monday night game when I was going solo. So that is my mistake there. But, uh, you know, it happens. So forget about it. But today we're going to be breaking down week nine. A lot of sloppy games, a lot of great games, a couple upsets and quite a shock. Uh, for an NFL team that Treese has been saying all season uh, that someone's going to eventually end up doing this on accident, and boy, did they. But before we get into that, Treese, I want to hear your voice. How are you doing so far this week, my guy? Doing great, dude. I'm ready for week 10 already. I mean, I, let's just skip over this Monday night game. Nobody cares about the Cowboys and Giants. Like, they do not exist. And let's just get over to the weekend where we can all enjoy some time, not work, and watch some football. My guy, I like the way you think. Uh, this weekend, though, we'll talk about that Thursday, what I'm doing this weekend, because, goddamn, I'm excited. But uh, let's just get you. You just want to go ahead and get into the games, break them down? Anything else you want to talk about? No, let's just let's just get into it, bud. All right. All right, pal, buddy old pal. I've literally never called you bud before. I felt have. really awkward. You got me off guard. <laughs> Sorry about that. Hey, right, let's get into it, bud. Welcome to Utah. Want to go scale some mountains? Some peanut butter and honey sandwiches. Oh, well. Salad in a mason jar. <laughs> what else yeah, you got? That's awesome. But um, it's funny that you're making fun of that when I'm literally sending you like local honey right now and some whiskey. Like I'm sending you a, a nice gift basket right now. I'm sorry. That's all right. I appreciate I appreciate the gift basket. The <laughs> fact that you, you guys have to see it. The smirk that just came on his face after he realized he made me feel bad was just like a complete win for him. <laughs> it the was the second time you've scared me that quickly. Earlier we're talking about the game before we recorded. I'm like two hundred dollar bet the Giants win. He, he like not even a half a second. Just yes, that fast. Two hundred dollars doesn't give a shit. And I was like, I'm kidding. <laughs> I'm kidding. I'm out. No, I'm done. I'm done. I'm done. Like Baker with the cops in Fayetteville. Uh, Let's get into this week. Let's get into this week. We'll talk about Baker some more here in a bit. Uh, our first game that we want to break down, though, is the Thursday night matchup, the 49ers versus the Cardinals. This is kind of the one game I really don't have a lot of notes on, but the game in a nutshell, Jimmy Garoppolo stepped up, decided to throw the ball, and show that he can be um, a franchise quarterback. He kind of had he hasn't really had that game so far this year. He did Thursday, so you like to see that from them moving forward. Their defense stepped up. And the one thing, Treese, that we talked about Thursday, and I'll let you say it here, um, the Cardinals were eventually able to do that, so it was nice. But this game ended up being a lot closer than we we honestly all thought it might be. Yeah, I mean, you and I both took the Niners on covering, but we did say the one thing that this team could do is they could pressure Jimmy G and keep things interesting and force some bad mistakes by him. Here's the thing, though. They didn't get that much pressure on him. And they didn't force Jimmy G into bad mistakes, and yet they still kept it close. It, it's really interesting to me, and it's just showing kind of what I know that we both have been saying over the last couple of weeks, where this offense for the Cardinals is just getting better and better, and 
Kyler's getting more comfortable in it, and they're just finding ways to like move down the field. They're still one of the worst red zone offenses. Them and the Jags, I think, are the two worst. And so, like, that's what's going to be that's what's killing them right now is they just they're settling for field goals and not touchdowns in the red zone. But I think this team will be fine moving forward. I think that they will be, they're going to be that classic team that like for the next like three or four years, I feel like are just like eight and eight teams, maybe seven and nine teams like that are going to win some games, lose some games. You're like, how are you losing that? But we'll see. Time will tell on that for me with the Niners. uh, A couple things was one Brita had more carries than Coleman, which I thought was very interesting. After what Coleman did the week before with four touchdowns, I just didn't see that one coming. And like literally given, four days earlier. Yeah. Yeah. Given Coleman was only average, he was averaging less than two yards per carry, and Brita was averaging over five yards per carry. Given that's a little skewed, though, because he had like a 30 something yard run, Brita, that was. But um, for me, I'm very interested to see how this keeps going because they're going to stay as a run first offense obviously that's why they're undefeated that's why they're so hard to stop but adding Sanders has made him more of an impact than I thought it would um I kind of thought like he would just be like a good like reliable third down target but they'd kind of stay the same but Sanders is average I, I shouldn't say average he had nine targets that game caught seven of them and Kittle was like eight for six so it's just he has good rapport with both of them. And then you put Debo Samuel, the rookie, as their wide receiver as their number three weapon in the passing game. Like he's a playmaker. And he's gonna during this stretch this stretch, geez, I could talk. I could see him making a lot of big plays for them. Like big plays. I mean like fifty plus yard plays. I completely agree with you. The thing that helps out with Sanders so much as well is that he's smart and runs really good routes. So that like helps the 49ers and Shanahan and Garoppolo know and trust him that he's going to be where they need him to be. So even though Garoppolo doesn't necessarily have that rapport with him, right? That relationship's not there because he's only been there, what, 10, 10 days at most, that he's still going to be in a spot where they say he needs to be. And Garoppolo can build that trust from there, which is good for them. Um, This week in total in this game was huge for me. Because I was kind of able to make somewhat of a jump, not necessarily elite, but just a little bit of a jump in our ranking or in our records here. Um, I did. I do remember saying that I thought Drake would have a big game for the Cardinals coming from Miami. I thought this would be a prove-it game for him to show, hey, like this is what I can do. You're make, you made the right decision trading for me. I believe he's a free agent this offseason as well. Didn't we discuss that, Trees? Uh, we did not. Okay, I I don't then don't quote me on that. I think he is, but I don't I don't know for sure. So I don't want to just sit here and blubber bullshit. But this was a big game for him. He had a couple big rushes. He had a couple touchdowns, a touchdown at least that I know that I saw with my own two eyes. But this was a good game for him, and it was a good game for the entire offense um, of the Cardinals as well. So it was really cool to kind of see them get turning and get moving and everything rolling for them in that way. Like Trees touched up on earlier. But like I said, this was kind of a big week for me, um, predicting-wise, on the over and unders. It's about freaking time I kind of caught up. You did. You caught up two on me. Uh, this kind of also brings back to a point that we talked about, I think it was three weeks ago now, that 
this the way the style of this offense for the Cardinals does not need that crazy workhorse running back. Obviously, DJ is unbelievable, and anybody would love to have a talent like that. But they are going to be able to make things happen with guys like Edmonds and like Drake. If you can get top-notch draft capital for him, you have to do it. You have to. Like this offense needs, <clears throat> excuse me here, an explosive running back at times. Like you, like, you know what I mean? Like you just said, you're, you're not going to pound the rock 20, 25 times a game. You're going to hand the ball off in a situation where there's going to be a hole because the defense is expecting a pass. And the only thing you need them to do is explode through the hole, maybe break a tackle or two, and just go. Like you don't need anyone dancing. You don't need anyone trying to make any reads. You just hit the hole and you fucking run. And that's what Edmonds and Drake did the last two games. Yeah. And what those two also do great is catch the ball. I mean, and so does David Johnson. I don't want to make it sound like David Johnson can't catch. He's one of the best in the game at it. But, like, that's the point is, like, these guys can do the job as well. So why not? But anyways, we've talked about that plenty. Let's move on to the next game, which is the Redskins versus the Bills. Uh, I'll go ahead and go first then. I saw the look you gave me. Austin, go. You got it. Um, This was a big game for the Bills. Um, A big game for Cole Beasley. A big game for Brown, John Brown, kid from local hometown here, Pitt State Gorillas, the only school in the nation that has a mascot for the Gorillas. John Brown, he's number fifteen for the Bills. Previously on the Ravens and the Redskins, or and the Cardinals actually, but this was a good game for him. It's nice to see him kind of stay healthy this season. Cole Beasley had a touchdown or two. Uh, Singletary, the running back for the Bills, another guy that had a big game, especially on the ground and catching the ball in the backfield. And it was nice to see Josh Allen hit some throws downfield as well. Smartly keeping the play alive at times. Smartly knowing when it's just like, hey, I just need to get the ball out of my hands, check it down to my running back and let them do something. And Singletary was able to kind of cash off of that. So it was good for him. I'm sure everyone's seen it, but the interaction that Frank Gore created between Singletary and Adrian Peterson at the game, at the end of the game, was so wholesome. It was so genuine. It was awesome. It was really cool getting to hear the excitement in Singletary's voice. Um, you can tell when that interaction initially started, Singletary was like, ah, I'm only going to really be able to like just shake his hand. That's all right. Cool. I'm getting to at least said something to him. And then Adrian Peterson looks back, hits him on his chest, knocks him back like a couple steps. Like Singletary look on his face like, holy shit, like he just hit me. Not in you know a bad way. But you then see like his eyes light up. And then you hear them just talk in the conversation, and it was great. So it's really cool to see that guys in the NFL do have their heroes and that when they have the opportunity to talk to them, to see that excitement and that light still be there for them, even though they just got done having a game um, against them. So that was cool to see. Really with the Redskins, the only notes I have on them, like just what, like what's going on? The only, the only positive that I saw from this game for them was Adrian Peterson looking really good. And my question for you, Treese, is how much longer does he play? Probably another like two years. I think he goes to another team after this year and gets a two-year deal. And next year he's going to look exactly like how he has this year. And then probably that following year is when you see that drop off where it's like, okay, it's time to call it. Yep. Do you think he tries to go to a team that he knows is contending? Yes. It's yeah. going to be interesting what team it is. Yeah, it will be interesting to see what team's interested in it. But um, my notes here, I 
one, you did talk about it, and he, Allen did do a good job better of like being able to dump it off, but he is really bad in the red zone. I've noticed this all season. Like mm-hmm. if he always tries, like it's almost like he wants to have the rushing touchdowns. He just he looks to run way too much. I tweet about it on our account. Like, how do you go from first and goal from like the two yard line to fourth and goal on the twenty four without a penalty? It's crazy, and it's because he's just taking sacks. Because he's one was a bad, just a bad play call, and they end up losing like eight yards on it. Not his fault, but the other ones, it was just like, come on, man, like get rid of the ball, live to fight another down, like when you're close and. It's just a mess. So I, I want to see improvement from him on that standpoint where let the running plays happen organically. Don't don't force them like unless it's a design play like run call, obviously. Uh, but you're right. And you're fl- talking just strictly from Allen there, like allow him to run in the ball happen organically, not force it. Correct. Yeah. Allen needs to be thinking pass first, not run first, which it clearly looks like he's trying to run first I- inside the red zone. Uh, you're right on Singletary. This dude's going to be a stud as long as he stays healthy. Obviously, he missed a month this earlier this year with a hamstring injury. As long as he can do that, he's going to be good. Being behind Frank Gore is going to be one of the greatest things for his career. Kind of learning from him is going to be fantastic. Really like that. Um, for the Redskins, I mean, McLaurin's really slowed down. I, I, you hate to see that. Like, he was having a very good start of the year for his rookie campaign, and he's kind of just died off. Uh, and you wonder if that's play calling. Is it quarterback play? Is it just why our defensive backs are kind of just figuring him out? It's hard It's hard to really tell at this point. But Haskins, he didn't look bad. It was like Mr. Safe. Like, like he wouldn't do anything that, like, was going to win them the game. He was trying not to lose them the game is what he was trying to do. Yeah, it was It just in him trying to not lose the game made him play very sloppy. He wasn't seeing blitzes, trying to keep a play alive, get sacked anyways. It's not like he, you know, had a, like any stupid decisions down the field. There just weren't any smart plays within the pocket. Um, That's really all we have for this game. Let's go ahead and head to our next one which is the Texans versus the Jaguars. And, Therese, since this is your team and they were in London, I'll let you go first. Yeah, so obviously a very sloppy game for the Jags. Uh, obviously got ended up getting their ass kicked in when it was all said and done. But they had chances, and they just didn't capitalize on them. Um, Minshew struggled, but the offensive line really struggled in this game more than anything. Uh, you look at the stats, and you're going to say Minshew. And Minshew missed some throws that he hasn't missed all year and he can't miss, but he also was under pressure. It felt like every single play. Uh, these refs were god-awful this game. Oh, my. I'm sure you saw, but the the Colin fucking Campbell, like, people should be fired. Like, you you can't call that. You it literally was so, like, at least go back and that's where the NFL officiating could really use someone in the booth, like up high in a stadium that just fucking reviews a call and goes, that's a bad call. Take it back. Like yeah. there, there doesn't need to be any explanation. There doesn't need to be any apology. Just say, we take the penalty back. Da 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 da. Like, yeah. you know what I mean? Like n- there's no penalty on this play. The flag's being picked up. 
And then yeah. you just carry on with the game. No review, no fucking explanation. Just there's no penalty in play. We're picking the flag up. Boom. Then move on. Yeah. And so why that one hurt so bad and why it's bothering me so much is it was still a very close game when that happened. And that let them keep driving. That was going to put it to a second down and 11. Instead, now you got first down and 10 on the Jaguar side of the field. And now you're giving up points. And then the next drive, Jags have the ball. They call this garbage offensive pass interference on DJ Shark on the sideline. Like it's a comeback route. And DJ Shark puts his hand on the defender because he has to because he's stopping and a guy's flying past him. Of course you're gonna touch him. He didn't push him. And so they call that, which would have got the Jags down to the two yard line. But they call that. And then the next play. The defensive back literally just bear hugs DJ Chark because he got beat. And they don't call the pass interference there. And DJ Chark's just standing there like, what's going on? Why is there not yellow on the field right here? Jags end up having to punt. So back-to-back calls there. Um, But overall, I mean, like, the Texans, their scheme was fantastic this game. Their little RPO that they had, Jags had no answer for it. Uh, Defensive coordinator would not adjust just setting up the linebackers for failure. Like, that's all they were doing. Like, there was nothing Miles Jack could do. He was basically the guy that had to read it every single play. You can't you can't win. Like, it's either a pass, run with the running back, run with the quarterback, three options. Miles Jack has to just choose one of them, and whichever one he chooses, I mean, they're going to go exact opposite. So that, that was tough to watch them not adjust there. A.J. Boye had a fantastic game. He shut down DeAndre Hopkins. I know he ended up scoring at the end of the game, but you take that when the game's already over and there's just frustration, you kind of just like let a slant like happen. Hopkins wasn't doing anything, and Hopkins was getting frustrated. So I loved seeing that. Uh, I, I was text tweeting this during the game. Ronnie Harrison's becoming a like a legit safety in this league. He's playing awesome. And then Jared Wilson, man, chasing down Carlos Hyde. Game's over. Dude chases him down and punches that ball out for a fumble and a touchback. Amazing play. And why I want to bring that up is, I, and I've been vocal about it here, like, I thought Marone had lost this team. I thought he, he lost the team last year, absolutely. I thought after week two he was going to lose this team, obviously with the whole Jalen Ramsey thing as well. I was like, okay, he's done. Like, there's no, there's nothing else he could do. He's He's got this team back. And... Like, that's showing that. Like, having guys that won't give up on a play like that is, like, that's all heart and effort there, which I really, really like to see. And so I don't think that, like, you have to worry about, hey, one bad loss and this team's going to fall apart. And then, sorry, I know I'm taking a long time on this. Last thing is, um, I know three weeks ago you and I talked about this where I was like, I don't know, man. I don't know if I'd really be opposed to Nick Foles coming back. That's when... Minshew, I really thought, was struggling a lot more than everybody else did. And now he had two amazing games and obviously struggled this game, but I'm actually putting a lot more of this on the offensive line than I am Minshew and also playing in London. Like, playing in London is a very hard thing to do. Like, that's the time difference and everything. So, um, <clears throat> what's going to happen here? Next Monday, they're going to announce Nick Foles is the court- starting quarterback. And I don't be- I don't believe that's the right decision. I don't think they do. I think what you just said right there at the end, they realized that 
Minshew is a rookie traveling to London is a big deal. And it's not like he had in a bad game for the entire game. Like he kept a, a lot of plays alive. And then at the end, he just had three turnovers. You know what I mean? The fumble and then the two interceptions. You hate to see it. Not like that point of the game. Like you're kind of already out of it, but then you really just throw yourself out of the game with those. That's something you learn from. I think if you allow him to stay in and learn from those, like that just puts more trust in him. I did have on here thoughts on AJ Bouye, so I'm glad you touched up on that yourself. Um, and I like how you also mentioned Doug Marone not losing the locker room. I think I thought those were really good points because I, I had those both questions like sitting here on my notes because I wanted to ask you because I like the way that the Jags defense is playing. The only thing was is just Watson keeps so many plays alive. Like you touched up on the read option game plan that they were running was just great. And Watson, I mean, this dude is getting hit, dragged, spun, and then still throws the ball. And then his team gets a first down out of it. Like we saw Minshew do that at least once or twice this game. But Deshaun yeah. Watson's been doing it for weeks. For and sure. my only question to this is, is like, it, will this eventually get him hurt? Watson? Because, yeah. I mean, at some point, like, you're going to get drugged down the wrong way. You're going to try and fight it. And I don't know, like, someone else is going to be coming in late, too. I just feel like I understand keeping a play life, but at some times, like, you have to kind of know when to give it up. And I think he's going to get away with this so much that he's going to forget the, okay, I got to give this one up, and he's going to get hurt. Because this is the storyline I had last week for the Week 8 recap was for the AFC South, my storyline, which team can stay healthy to last the test of time for this moving forward throughout the season in this division? Yeah. So, one, it's already happened, right? He tore his ACL in college because of that type of play. And he tore his rookie year, but that was a freak accident in a practice. And then last year, he was beat up all year. Like, you could remember watching, I think it was a Monday night game or a Sunday night game where they just, like, kept showing him and he could barely walk and he, like, could barely do anything. It's because of that type of play and when you have a shitty offensive line as well. So, yeah, I'm sure at some point it's going to catch up to him, but I think he has no other option but to do that at this point. Because if he's not like that, this team isn't what they are right now. Like, if he's a dude that's playing it safe all the time, they don't win half of the games that they've won this year. Yeah. I mean, you're right. Absolutely. Um, that really touches up on everything that I had and I believe you had for this game. Our next one, the Vikings versus the Chiefs. I'll just go ahead and lead into it. Um, I'm glad I picked Kansas City to cover here. I honestly didn't think they had a real shot of winning, but I had a feeling that there was a possibility of it because of the way Matt Moore played last week against the Packers. A a lot of other big plays from him this week. He took a lot of shots, and after he took the shot, or before he took the shot, he had released the ball in the air, boom, gets hit. And the next thing you know, his receivers are making plays for him, whether it's one-handed grabs by Sammy Watkins, whether it's a tough catch by Demarcus Robinson, whether it's another tough catch down the field by Tyreek Hill. I mean, his receivers were helping him out in this if because they were looking at him like, if you're going to take a shot trying to get me the ball, I'm going to do what I can to come down with it. And boy, did they. Chris Jones was back this game for the Chiefs. It was nice to see him disrupt the offensive line of the Vikings. Their running game that's been so great this year, there really wasn't much of it this game. They, have, they really had no success on the ground. They did a couple times throwing to their fullback. I think they also ran like a sneak, uh, what do you want to call it, like a – a sneak dive to the fullback on the back end 
that kind of broke out for a little bit. But other than that, like we really didn't see much from Dalvin Cook, and Kirk Cousins was a disappointing performance. Missed a lot of early throws to start the game, really kept the Chiefs in it starting out. And then later in the game, he just wasn't making those throws either. And then the one thing that I really have to touch up on is the speed of Tyreek Hill. Because holy shit, I know we've all seen it. Like If you haven't seen it, just... Like, slap yourself in the face and go find the video of Tyreek Hill running down Damien Williams on a 91-yard touchdown run. Like, Williams is running full speed, has a five-yard head start. Tyreek Hill is at a dead stop. Like, he's not moving. He has literally ran his route, bounced it, and then stopped to look and see where Williams was, and then took off after him, caught up to him, and then beat him to the end zone. How the fuck do you do that? Well, Tyreek Hill does that. The dude's a freak. And the best thing I thought about this was uh, Andy Reid came out and said, there's no way he's a cheetah. A cheetah can have that burst of speed, and then they have to relax for eight hours. Tyreek Hill just goes back and does it again. So I don't know what animal he wants to be called, but he was like, he can't be a cheetah because like a cheetah would need to relax for eight hours. So I thought that was kind of funny. wanted to throw that in there. But other than that, very impressive game by the Chiefs. I can't wait to go back and fully watch it and then do my deep dive on Twitter. Make sure you guys check that out. Let me know what you think I did right or wrong. A little self-shout out there for me. Sorry, Trees. But, yeah, that's about it that I have for this game. The Vikings were just not very impressive on either side of the ball. So what do you think of this offensive line for the Chiefs right now for the run game? Um, because I watched this, literally every play of this game as well, and mm. – I was not impressed. Besides a 90-yard run, 91-yard run, sorry, I don't want to be incorrect there. Yeah. Like, I was like, holy shit, these guys can't run the ball at all. And, like, I, if you even if you just look at the stats, like, you take away that 91-yard run, you have him and McCoy, him being Damian Williams, averaging, like, 3 to 3.3 yards per carry. Like, that's not going to get the job done yeah. when you get into playoff time, if you have Patrick Mahomes or not. Yeah, well, I don't, I'm don't. i not sure if you are very aware, and I'm not making this, trying to make this sound rude at all, but, like, they're missing two of their best offensive linemen. For sure. Like, the last, like since the Jaguars game, the Chiefs have been without their best left tackle on Eric Fisher, a former number one pick who has been very overlooked since he started but has honestly become one of the best left tackles in the league. And it showed for the Chiefs. Cam Irving is not a good left tackle. He is a better left guard when called upon. Even then, he's not the best. But he is definitely not a left tackle, and that's what he's had to be for the Chiefs going forward. So Eric Fisher comes back. That helps the running game and the passing game. That helps Patrick Mahomes, who will also be coming back healthily. Hopefully, I would rather him honestly not play this week either. Like I would rather Matt Moore just get his third start and the Chiefs move on and go from there. Like, I would rather that just be it. I do not want Patrick Mahomes playing this week. I have a feeling he does anyways because he is just itching to play, and that's just who he is. He's a football player, former MVP, wants to be there for his team. But the Chiefs are also missing their right guard. Andrew Wiley came back, so they have their left guard back. They have a center in Austin Ryder, and then they have their right tackle, Mitchell Schwartz. He's the reason that run took off because of what it did. Because he was able to get the D-line sucked inside and then sealed off the end, and boom, Williams is gone. But you're missing your right guard, the medical doctor, Louvenet Tardif. Larry Duvenet Tardif, there it is. I always mix his first last name and his first name together. He's Canadian. It's hard to say. You look at it, try and say it. Tell me how he goes. But once you get Eric Fisher back and the doctor, your offensive line is back to being set, and you're going forward. Because once you get your offensive line set, 
Like you, you, you solve a lot of issues there, especially with Patrick Mahomes coming back healthy as well. And then you have Frank Clark and Fuller on the back end for the Chiefs. You get your full starters back on defense and on long the offensive line, and you're in a good spot moving forward after the halfway point of the season. All right, that's fair. Cool. All right, well, let's move on to the next one, and that is the Jets versus the Dolphins. <coughs> boy, oh. oh boy. This boy. is what I was starting in my intro. This was the game that Therese has been talking about that this team's accidentally going to win one, and that is the Dolphins, and that's exactly what they did. They accidentally won this game. I don't think they meant to win it, honestly. Like, I really don't think they were, like, sh- I think at some, one, at some point the Dolphins coaching staff had to be like, shit, we're going to win this game because the Jets are that fucking bad. Yeah. Like, that's really just what it was. It really was. And the Jets' defensive backs are just garbage, man. Like, they got owned by Parker and Williams. Like, those guys just did whatever they wanted to. It was crazy. Uh, the way that they don't give and i know that he's still like top like six or seven in the league in touches but the jets need to give levy on levy and bell the ball more like it's crazy that they just don't use him in the passing game did they not watch what he did with the steelers for years and years like just put him as a wide receiver like did you see adam gase's like introduction to the jets like this dude can't fucking look at a screen like he can't look focused like, no, he didn't see what Bell did. He's not fucking watching the games. I don't know what he's doing. He's looking at the goddamn bug in the corner of the ceiling. Yeah, he needs he needs to go. They need to get somebody back here to, like, help with Darnold because he's looked like shit. Like, it's, it's weird how we went from, holy shit, this rookie quarterback class last year was one of the best that we've seen to... Are any of them that good? <laughs> like, it's weird. And it's I'm amazing not what happens when teams have film on you. Yeah. Really. No, really, it is. And, and you don't have a good quarterback coach to help you progress going into that second year. Like, that's very important that a lot of people just don't put into account. So, I mean, overall, Dolphins, I'm going to say it again. Dolphins are going to accidentally win one more game. Like, they're going to win two games this year and end up with, like, pick, like, five or six. Like, that's just what's going to happen. And it's going to be funny to watch because yep. they, can't, they can't even tank right. And this is my notes I had on it real quick. Um, when is Gase going to be fired? This is the topic everyone's talking about. I really do think it needs to happen. You saw what he did in Miami. That was the demise of that locker room and that team and ultimately the franchise that Brian Flores is now tanking to try and rebuild. Um, I would hate to see that happen with the Jets because I feel like they are just a good offensive line away from having a true team that can honestly somewhat contend in that division. I mean, we talked about it at the beginning of the year. Like, the Jets are close. They have a lot of money still this next offseason. They're going to have money. They're going to have picks. Let's see what they can do with it. Douglas, get rid of Gase. He's not the guy for you. He's not going to help you. He might potentially get you fired if you try and hang on to that friendship or whatever it is. And did you see the injury to Preston Williams? Yes. What happened? Oh, sorry. What happened to Preston Williams? Sorry, I was like, what do you mean what happened? With <laughs> Preston Williams. So it looked like it was a leg injury when he fell down and got tackled. But, I mean, I didn't think it was anything serious. I, uh, didn't he come back into the game? 
Okay, I thought he did, but I wasn't sure because I, I wanted to ask before I made this joke. The dude was playing so well that they just had to put him on IR. Like, they put him on IR <laughs> earlier today. Like, it's like, shit, hey, dude, you're doing too good. Like, fuck, we can't, we can't risk this. Like, we need the number one pick. Like, just, you're done. You're out. Like, just rest, <laughs> just get to game. feeling better, get stronger. You're, you're out. You're done. Bye. See you next season. See you next season. I, honestly, though, like, they have to be so pumped about getting him. Like, yeah. with where, like, they're like, hey, this is a cornerstone that we can use with this offense, and we didn't use a draft pick to get him. Like, that's awesome. So good for them on that. Um, I did see that Mark Walton, the running back, um, today got suspended for four games. Why? For PEDs. Oh, you got to love it. You gotta like, love no wonder he had somewhat of a good game. Fuck, have a seat. <laughs> have a seat, yeah. Yeah. So um, they're a team that desperately needs another wide receiver, though, because Devontae Parker's not going to be back. All the other guys are meh. So, like, you have Preston Williams, which is great on one side, but you need another guy on that opposite side. And I actually wanted to point this part out. I have this note for you because you and I have had this conversation about him. Gieski, the tight end from yep. Penn State, finally had a breakout game. Yes. You've been telling me all year he was going to have a breakout year. Far, far from it this year, but today yeah. or this weekend was a great game. Hey, it'll be it'll have to happen next year for him because this year they're not letting fucking anyone have a breakout year. I mean, Williams had a somewhat of a game and they're like, IR, <laughs> you're done, yeah. right? That's fair. I, That's fair. I've already used that joke already during this part. But anyways, uh, real quick on the Jets, that touchdown by Griffin, the one that got called back because they said he didn't have possession. That's a fucking touchdown. <clears throat> like, I don't give a shit if it fucking rattled out of his forearm between his forearm and his tit. Like, he still has the ball. Like, yeah. it's not like it hit the ground and then, like, fell over. Like, he literally still had it. Yeah, it punched up a little bit. Why don't you try and do that, referee? Why don't you try catching the ball, diving for it, hit the ground, lose the all, like, capacity of air you have in your lungs, roll over, hit a fucking wall because the Dolphins like to just close off their end zones oh. so their guys can sit in fucking recliners and not have any idea what's going on because that's what people in Miami do. Cocaine and sit in fucking recliners. We'll probably take that part out because I shouldn't have said it. Excuse me. But, like, it's just stupid. Like, that's a touchdown pass. They call it back. Then the next thing you know, Sam Darnold throws that stupid interception. The The ball gets intercepted. Boom, Jets get a, a safety, so they at least get something out of it. It was just a sloppy game, and it was just confusing. Um, I still feel really bad that I just said the only thing people do in Miami is sit in recliners and do you cocaine? But that's fine. Don't worry about it. it. It was funny. Like, just leave it. Like, I'm leaving. Not, Fuck it. Yeah, we're leaving that. And by the way, so yes, that was a weird scenario, right? Like, you should have had a touchdown. You don't. Then you get a safety, and then you get a field goal in the final seconds as well. So you end up trading seven points for five points, which was just very interesting to watch. But was that the longest review ever? I was watching that game, and I felt like that them reviewing that touchdown was like 10 minutes it felt forever do you know what that means then they're sitting here discussing uh do we want to have the dolphins lose another game or do we want to have a tight race to the number one pick that's the nfl being the nfl that's conspiracy theory right there if it takes them that long to see that sure conspiracy is. theory yes it is <laughs> Well, all right, we'll move on to our next game here. I'm done talking about this shit. Uh, the Bears versus the Eagles. Uh, real quick, the Eagles all black uniforms. 
definitely one of my favorites. I've been kind of just mentioning as the season's gone along, I really like the all-black, and I really like their all-white. Fuck the green. It's on your helmet. We get it. You're Philly. You're green. But go all-black, go all-white. Looks pretty cool. Um, Zach Ertz finally got his big game. The big the Bears O-line fucking sucks. Mitchell Trubisky learned to set your goddamn feet. Uh, you sure as hell can't throw an out route, and turnovers are what lost the Bears the game, especially on special teams. The Bears deserve to lose. Mitchell Trubisky, you're gone. Uh, this game, pretty much it in a nutshell. I don't have anything else I want to say on it, but so that's it. Trees, go ahead. Uh, D-Jack's out for the year. I think that's a big hurt for Philly going into the playoffs. I think that they were hoping, hey, like we can probably make it to the playoffs as a wild card without him or somewhat close and then have him come back and put them over the edge. I think that's going to be a big thing for Wentz, so that sucks. Uh. Look at that. They threw it deep to Taylor Gabriel. It's almost like we've been saying that all fucking season Mm. and weird. And then that's how they started getting that comeback. They were down by two scores, hit him deep inside the 10, and then Montgomery scored. And then they got a quick three and out. Or was it a turnover? Three and out, I think. And then they went down and scored again to put it to 14. What was it? 14, 19 at that point. Back into it. Like they had their chances. Um, this defense is not the same, obviously, uh, the bears. And I think we talked about this and it was a reason why we said they'll, they'll go eight and eight at best this year. Chuck Pagano is not that good of a defensive coordinator. Like that's why he got fired from Indianapolis. Like he couldn't get a good defense going anymore. He was very good with Baltimore. You also had guys like Suggs and, Ray Lewis and Ed Reed, like you had three first ballot Hall of Famers on your team. Of course, you're you can fucking scheme up shit. He's just not that good of a defensive coordinator. I'm not saying he's awful. He's he's good. He's meh. And to, like, as much as we want to say like Trubisky in this offense is holding back this Bears team, the Bears defense isn't being that great. Like, they're not doing what they did last year. They're not causing the turnovers. They're not getting massive sack numbers. Like, they're just... And I also understand it. Like, it's very hard for a defense to get going when you know, like, your offense isn't going to do shit. Like, I I know that better than anyone. Like, you you guys can't use that card. Like, I know that better than anyone. But at the same time, they're not giving Trubisky the short fields that you might need to do for this team to be, be successful. Say that again. You're not going to let him use what card? The card of the quarterback play is hurting the defense. I uh, you can definitely play that card. Like they're fucking tired. I mean, how many how many weeks have they been going on trying to keep this team in every single game? And you play a series and a drive that has eleven plays. They fucking score, or you finally get a stop. Your offense gets the ball. They go three and out, and then you got to trot your happy ass back onto the field for another ten or so plays. Yeah, every but I'm, game, but I'm every saying every fucking drive it feels like. Right, but I'm saying they're not. They can't pull the card of we're doing this amazing job like we did last year. What, that's what I'm saying is they're a they're an av, they're honestly an average defense this year. So th- yeah. you can't say that I'm like we're pulling this weight and they, and the offense is what's holding us back tr- dramatically. It's because that's not the case. Like the defense is average, and yes, the offense is fucking awful, and it's really not good. But that doesn't mean 
Like we need to not say the Bears defense is amazing like it was last year because it's not what it was last year. That's okay. what I'm saying. I got you. I'm with you. Uh, let's go to our next game: the Indianapolis Colts visiting the Steelers. Um, kind of a kind of a close game. Jacoby Brissett goes down with a knee injury. Um, it turns out it's just an MCL sprain, so there is a possibility he can play next week. They are set to play the Dolphins. If I'm the Colts, say fuck it. Like they accidentally won last week. I don't think they accidentally won two weeks in a row. Um, get Hoyer out there. The the Colts still looked fine. He still got a complete team. Um. But the Pittsburgh Steelers' defense, pretty damn impressive. They were getting to the quarterback, Brissett and Hoyer. Uh, the pass rush was definitely there. The run game was definitely there for the Steelers. They didn't really allow anything on the ground for the Colts going forward. Minka Fitzpatrick has to be the happiest guy in the world. I mean, you literally leave a tanking team, you got them draft picks, and then you just go tear it up on one of the most historically storied historically favored on just one of the most historic franchises in the NFL. I was trying to be super cool there and I fucked it up. You go from a shitty team that's tanking to a very historical franchise that has been known for their great defenses throughout the years. And now you get to be the part of that. You get to see the terrible towels. Wow. Troy Polamalu is in your back pocket. If you ever need anything moving forward, that's great for him. He's in a great spot back to the Colts. Turnovers are what lost them games. Yeah, you can blame it on Adam Vinatieri because Hoyer still put him in a position to hit that. The laces are in. The laces need to be out. Come on, Dan. Have you ever fucking seen Ace Ventura? Like, that's literally all the movie is about. If you listen to Pat McAfee talk, he says it's actually not on the holder. The holder could have maybe made a difference, but the way he caught the ball puts him in no man's land where he catches the ball where he can't feel the laces on either hand, so he sets it down, and by that time, it's too late to see that the laces are facing in. That it actually goes on the snapper. That's why snappers get paid in the NFL is because the way you snap the ball, the speed, and the way you hold it in the rotation, the ball should rotate in a certain amount of times by the time it's caught, set, and twisted for the laces to be completely out. That's what he said goes on them. I thought that was really neat. Definitely wanted to include that in here. Learning a lot about the special teams aspect from Pat McAfee, one of my favorite dudes there. James Washington finally had his welcome to the NFL game. Two deep catches, a one-handed catch. I thought it was awesome. But other than that, the Colts had a chance to win it, couldn't pull through, turnovers killed them, and the Steelers steal a win. Yeah, I mean, you're right. They stole a win there. Uh, I really like – I know he had two fumbles and a lot of Colts fans were not happy with him, but I liked how they tried to get Campbell more involved through running and receiving. So I really like that. He ended up breaking his hand, and he's out for a couple weeks, so that sucks for him. Um, Pascal – did a great job, I thought, of kind of taking over that number one role with T.Y. Hilton out for the next four or five weeks. So you, as a Colts fan, you got to really like that. You also have to love that they stuck to the run game and it was successful even without T.Y. Hilton. You would think that they would probably try to load the box a little bit more, but Marlon Mack still doing his thing, which was awesome to see. And uh, if I'm the Steelers, are you, are you looking at wide receiver early i don't see i was thinking that earlier because i wanted to say juju's not looking great as a number one but it's hard to do that when your starting quarterback goes down you don't have a guy that can throw you the deep ball in a position for you to at least fight for it mason rudolph was hurt you got a kai you have a third string quarterback come in by the name of duck uh i mean your your receivers aren't put in a position to do great 
no matter who you are because you don't have the best deep ball passer throwing to you. And I feel like their offense has just kind of been in shambles as well. A lot to figure out. I don't know, though. Like, And you got to really think they lost their wide receivers coach at the beginning of the year. Like, that's a tough loss. So, I don't know. There's a lot of things that could go wrong for them did, and it's just kind of tough to overcome that. Yeah, but, like, I'm not even just saying for Juju. I did mean that, but, like, this team just needs more weapons. Like, Washington, like you said, he had a couple of good catches, but he's not – He's not going to be anything like, yeah. like anything great, right? Like the Johnson kid, he's had a couple big plays, but he's also had a lot of boneheaded plays. You can call that a rookie, rookie type play or whatnot. But and you have James Conner and you have like Jalen Samuel, you have all these weapons. Benny Snell at running back, you kind of. I just feel like they just need another, uh, another early picked wide receiver on the opposite side of Juju, and I think this offense can be back to similar to what it was when you had the killer bees. If you have Mason Rudolph or big Bennett quarterback, it doesn't matter. So I just think that that's what the offense needs. And you kind of talked about it with Fitzpatrick. Like the defense is playing great and they're young. So I don't think that you need to take anybody on the defensive side early in this next upcoming draft. And obviously you don't have a first round pick because of Fitzpatrick, but you have a second round pick. Like I, I just wonder if they try to just get another weapon on this on this offense. And this draft class is the best place to do it because there is plenty of receivers in this draft, which is great for them going forward. That's about it that I have for this game. Anything else you want to add, Trius? No, nope. we're good. All right, T- Titans and the Panthers. God damn, you talk about a fucking snooze fest. Uh, this was just a sloppy game, turnover after turnover. Uh, the Panthers' pass rush is kind of what the difference was. Tannehill can do just enough at times to keep the team involved, but then he just kind of has a silly turnover. Not as bad as what we saw with Mariota, you know what I mean? I feel like his mistakes are trying to keep a play alive too long, um, and he gets hit as he throws, and it leads to a turnover instead of just literally forcing the ball to position to be intercepted. That's what you see with Mar. That's the difference between Tannehill and Mariota. Um, what else do I have here? The missed field goals. My God, there was quite a bit of those as well. You throw in the turnovers and the missed field goals, those get hit or don't happen. This game probably changes. And my last note that I have is Kyle Allen will throw that bitch. As in, he will throw that ball down the field. He will throw that bitch. It doesn't matter if there's a safety over the top. He's going, fuck it. And there's a possibility that ball gets caught. Uh also a possibility that it gets intercepted. There were about two or three of them that got dropped. But other than that, I mean, he kept giving his guys opportunities down the field, which is what we've been saying the Panthers have needed with Samuel and Moore on the opposite ends of the field for them, something that we are not seeing Cam Newton do. It's exciting seeing it. It's awesome when it happens. We did see it happen. Um, a tightrope catch along the sideline on the left side put the Panthers in position to score. And then Christian McCaffrey just takes the ball up the middle and phew, gone. Gets the MVP chance. You love to see it. Awesome for him. He even said after the game, it's pretty cool to hear. He thought it was awesome. I think it's awesome. Treese thinks it's awesome. He hasn't even said it, but I know he does. And Treese, just follow up on that. All I have to say is, and I can't talk to you like the Jags lost to the Panthers, but and I know Christian McCaffrey is amazing, but like, how do you not just have a linebacker and a safety just on him at all times? Just say Anybody but Christian McCaffrey will beat us. Like anybody. It, it's crazy to me like how successful he is on these type of things. And I get it. He, he's amazing. Their offensive line is playing very well and opening up holes for him. 
But there's a lot of times that he's just wide open, and you're wondering what the fuck the defense is doing. <laughs> like, you're saying, it's wait. It's like they all keep thinking, he won't beat us. And yeah. he's just like, tutty. <laughs> exactly. Like, another three touchdowns and another 150 all-purpose yards for him. It's mind-boggling that, like, this continues to happen. I keep thinking, okay, this is the week somebody just shuts him down. It, like, somebody's like, well, I know what? This Allen kid, he can try to beat us with Samuel and DJ Moore and old-ass Greg Olson. Like, those three can try to beat us. Like, but this dude is not going to beat us. Week in, week out. Little uh, arrow route, wide fucking open. Um... Up the gut run, just a dive, nah, fucking spread open your legs and just fucking run right through it. It's unfucking believable, dude. Like, I love it because I, I think Christian McCaffrey is awesome. But, like, as a deep, like, if I was a defensive coordinator, I would just lose my shit knowing that you know this is the only guy that can beat you, and yet he continues to do it. <laughs> you love to see it if you're a Panthers fan. Your team's heading in the right direction. Oh, just spread your legs open and let them run through it. That's that's a good one. That's a fucking that's a knee slapper right there, bro. Yep. <laughs> the Lions versus the Raiders. Uh, that's our next game. We're gonna go over. Um, have we just all been ignoring Marvin Jones and what he is in the NFL? And that's a pretty damn good wide receiver. Yes. We have not been talking about him at all, and he deserves it. So what I urge everyone to do listening is go find Marvin Jones highlights and just like and retweet him because this dude needs that recognition. He deserves it. He's been doing great. Tough catches along the sideline, 50-50 balls, breaking away, breaking tackles. I mean, this guy has been doing it all for the Lions, and it's about time we recognize it. So props to him there. Uh, following for the Raiders – all the rookies stepped up. Renfro stepped up. Foster Moreau stepped up. Josh Jacobs had a great game. That dude is so fucking good. That dude is a juking machine. It's like, I would I don't even want to call it like a sidestep or anything, but that's almost what, it's like a sidestep juke where he just, he can bounce it outside so smoothly and then hit the ground already running. Like, it's great how well he does that time and time again. The Raiders can just continue to build off that. Derek Carr had a good game putting the ball in tough positions where only his guys could get it. Um, and in the end of this game, the Raiders called a timeout. I I was waiting for you to bring 16 this up. seconds left. No, eight seconds left. Eight seconds. There was eight, 16 seconds left after that last play ended. My bad. Yeah, yeah. Time's but eight down. seconds left. They call a timeout. The fucking play call by the Lions, well, that's the start. one you come up with on yeah. fucking fourth and one, or fourth and fucking two. Oh, I'm not going to say that. Fourth and inches. Yeah, uh, right. Play action. Make your quarterback roll out to the fucking left. Yeah, the so now, left. To the left. He's fucking like, right-handed, Patricia. Get your yeah. goddamn pencil out and fucking know the difference. Yeah. I, I was waiting for you to bring that up because if you didn't, I was going to bring it up. And then it was awful. That last play, that was pass interference. That dude got fucking choke slammed. It was like, you want to touch this ball? Bam! Like, you just hear, look out, look out, look out! Like, that's about what fucking happened there. No flags, game over, Raiders win. Good game for them, but yikes, bro. Yikes. If, yeah. if the Lions score there, 
What's the outcry on John Gruden calling the timeout there? It, we'll, we'd still be hearing about it right this second. On I mean, Brady. just buried. Absolutely <clears throat> buried. Yeah. Um, Lions? Are they? Is their defense soft? They're, uh, I mean, it's like yes, but then no at times. But yes, yes, they're soft. I think they're soft, which is disappointing coming from Patricia, right? Like, I feel like he should be. Yeah, I know. I struggled there, right? So, but like, I feel like, yeah, but coming from you, I love that. So, um, oh, oh, got the finger there. Um, but like, they spent a lot of money on the defensive line. You would hope that like games like this wouldn't happen for the for the lions like you wouldn't you wouldn't be giving up four and a half yards per carry to a rookie running back and i know jacobs is still good but and like over 120 yards rushing like that that's the type of stuff you would think like that's what's not going to happen against this team sure maybe some teams can pass it on him and whatnot and that can get out of hand there but you would not think that they would get bullied and i feel like that's happened a few games this year um maybe it's just a learning curve i mean i still but here's the thing though like what are they three four and one at this point yeah that's what pick 10 11 somewhere in that in the draft right now you keep this up you're gonna have another top 10 pick and there's no way you can bring bob quinn back if you have another top 10 pick you can't yeah it's tough. You make a good point. Like, definitely get that out there on your Twitter as well. Like, just is this team soft? Because there's a lot of Lions fans already following the account. So we might as well just go from there. So fuck it. Let's just hear that rumble. <laughs> We've done yeah, it before. Let's get it going again. I know. We yeah. We did that this offseason plenty. And like, it, it's uh, it's weird though, because like we like I genuinely like hope the Lions do well. I really do. Yeah. But. They just do things that I just sit here and I'm just like, as a fan, how can you like, you can't defend this. Like you can't, you're just like, fuck. Like this is what we're supposed to be good at. And uh, I even saw some guys, uh, uh, Chris Salt, one of our followers, really good guy. Uh, he talked about it to the other day, like, Hey man, like Stafford's playing amazing. And he is, he's playing awesome. Matthew Stafford is honestly, if they were, if, this team was five and three or whatever, five and four. Like you would be talking about like still like low key, like, man, if they like, he probably deserves a couple MVP talks. Like if they even pull though, out like, some of these close games, most if they pulled out some of these close games, you would be talking about it. Cause his stats are that good, but you're not because this team is not very good. This is not a Matthew Stafford's fault losing like this is a team thing which comes back to your gm and bob quinn i just don't think that he's put the team together correctly i mean as a fan you have to admit that it is either on your gm to not have the correct talent or it's on your coaching staff for not using the talent correctly that your gm gave you so which one is it either way that is matthew stafford's career in a nutshell it is sadly it really is. It's you hate fun. to see it. Uh, the good transition there on the whole head scratching, trying to figure out what the fuck's going on 
once again, Jameis Winston, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers travel to Seattle. The Bucks had an opportunity to win this game. So fucking surprisingly to me. Uh, my first question, Mike Evans and Tyler Lockett, two guys that are not have not been in discussion from really anyone that I've heard as the best receiver in the NFL. And you can throw in Tyreek Hill in that conversation as well, and maybe Marvin Jones, and go, what's our new rankings for this class or this year's wide receivers? Can't wait. I Let's mean, can't wait for it. From me? No, for, for our ranking thing. When we do the little, the when we do the bracket again, it's going to be yes. awesome this year. It's going to be a lot different. I mean, it really is. Like, these guys are stepping up and making plays. Tyler Lockett, I've always said since the season started, you know, he makes one big play game. I think I said this last week, so I'm just repeating it. He makes one big play game, and that's about it. Not anymore. This dude is just lighting it up. You love to see it. Um, Trees, go ahead and carry on real quick so I can cough and drink a glass of water. I'm just going to call myself out. Help me out. No, you're good. So, I was watching this game very closely, just even though it would hurt my bet and I might lose money if the Bucks won, <laughs> but I really wanted them to win because of what we talked about last episode, how I predicted this is the classic Jameis Winston has a good game, and this is a game that Mike Evans and Godwin would go for like 100 to 150 yards and a couple touchdowns. I was pretty damn close. I'm going to just chalk it up as a, hey, you, you kind of won that. You kind of predicted this. Could pull it out in overtime, but hey, I mean, other than that, like what I was saying and what could happen was pretty damn close. It's like when you're playing golf and you have a couple good shots and you kind of go, hey, I'm pretty good at this. Yeah. Like, that's exactly what your feeling is for that. 100%. I say this all the time when I golf. It takes one good shot for you to be like, yeah, I'm coming back. I'm coming back next weekend. You, got, you guys down? Tea time at 730? Okay. Cool, I'll be here. Like one good shot. You could shoot fucking whatever. <laughs> 95, 100, but you're like, but do you remember that one shot that I had? Yeah, you'll talk about it the rest of your the rest of your afternoon. You'll talk about it. <laughs> Fuck, that's funny. <laughs> uh, um, quick go yeah, go ahead. Keep going, dude. No, you're on I'm, roll. Good. I'm good. That's basically what I got. I mean Russell Wilson, it's your MVP to lose. So it is what it is. Uh, Chris Carson, we talked about this. It, actually, it's been about a month since we've talked about this. Hold on to the ball. Dude, you're going to be a really, really good running back in this league if you just hold on to the ball. Yep. And Metcalf, on pace for like 950 yards and nine touchdowns. He's playing very well. And we haven't Brandon talked about this since it happened. Spot. Josh Gordon to Seattle. Big-time yikes for the rest of the NFC. And... I can't wait for some showdowns between the Niners and the Seahawks. We get one on Monday night this weekend or this next upcoming week. Mm -hmm. I don't know if Gordon will play that. He might, but the following one, that's when you're going to be like, oh yeah, this is the showdown. And the, the great part about Gordon going to Seattle is you don't really need to learn that much. It's run down the field and just catch the fucking ball because it's going to be there. Like it's it's gonna be there for you. The only thing you got to do is get your elbows closed in, open up your hands, create a backboard off your chest, and that's a catch. Like that's all you got to do with Russell Wilson. Trees, you just hit up every topic that I have here in my notes. Jameis Winston got lucky with a couple deep shots. Um, their second touchdown of the game, a ball got batted in the air, should have been an interception. His receiver comes down with it. Bucks go up fourteen nothing. Then starts the comeback for Wilson, who had an MVP game. The dude is so freaking good. Metcalf landed in a great spot. Um, 
I loved everyone just saying how he's not going to be a good receiver. He's going to be a bust because his shuttle time at the combine, the fact that he's not running great routes, like he was, he was put in a spot where he doesn't have to great, where he doesn't have to run great routes. Like his route running doesn't have to be super precise. He is in a spot where he just has to get down the field and catch those tough balls or just come down with the ball and get tough yardage. And that's exactly what he's doing. Like, he has been involved in almost every big play or near, damn near it for the Seahawks the last couple weeks. Like, you turn on the any highlight tape of DK Metcalf the last couple weeks and then with the Seattle, Hawk, with the Seattle Seahawks games, and he's a huge part of it, right? Like, it, you just love to see that growth for him, and now you throw in Gordon Treese. We didn't say it anywhere else but except to each other. This is a great spot for him. Because he's this, and it's good for Metcalf as well that Gordon is there because Gordon can help him with his route running. Therese comes back to me in the text message going, Gordon's not a good route runner. My response to that was he's a hell of a lot better than what Metcalf is right now. So just the little bit of guidance and that veteran presence in the locker room for them is good, especially with Lockett there as well. Winston, that fumble pass that he had at the end of the game, like, come on, man. Like, what the fuck are you doing? Like you just, I, I don't like. It's literally the good, the bad, and the ugly. Started off great, kind of had a bad pass, and then at the end of the game, it just like you look in the mirror, like what the fuck is that? He's doing the squints again. Like, have you seen? Did you see that play on the sideline? He's just looking, and all of a sudden he's just like, oh fuck, I'm ugly. Like that's exactly <laughs> like when he squints, that's what's gonna happen. The ugly comes out, and just fuck. The Seahawks D had a couple miscues, is what kind of helped keep the. The Bucks in the game late, they were able to hit uh, Mike Evans on a quick slant in the middle of the field. It's like the linebackers bit in, got over the top with Evans, almost scored a touchdown at the end. They stopped him. Boom, pow, Bucks end up running it in. Wilson leads this team to a victory. That's all I have to say. We talked a lot about this game. Moving to our next one, the shit show of the Cleveland Browns versus the even shittier shit show of the Denver Broncos. The shittier shit show, Denver Broncos come out with a win. They had no business winning this game. But boy, did they. Trees, do you want me to keep talking or do you want to? Go ahead, he says. So, Baker decision-making. What the hell are you doing, dude? We've talked about it the last couple weeks. What the fuck are you doing? I'll tell you what you're doing. You're not looking. You're not making reads. You're literally making a decision before the play happens or where you're going to go with the ball, and then you do it. Guess what? Defenses in the NFL kind of already know what your first read's going to be especially when it's the same one at the beginning of the game. He made the same decision at the beginning of the game that almost got him an interception the same way that he did ending the game. Tries to fit it in a tight window to Landry, and the ball gets batted down on a fourth and four, and your team loses the game. Instead of you looking, going, huh, at the beginning of the game, this ball almost got intercepted. Maybe I should look to the left, where one of the best receivers in the NFL is one-on-one with a corner uh, that he's had a couple wins against in the matchup. Maybe I should look over there and kind of see what I have on a fourth and four game on the line. If we get this, we win. Nope. I'm going to throw it across the middle. Ball gets batted down and you lose. Replay happens. Boom. Met, or excuse me. OBJ is wide open. You could have had a touchdown there if you hit him. The Browns still not out of it. They're still not out of it. They got a chance. Right? Still got a chance. Fucking threw it away. I'm sick and tired of watching them. I don't care what it is. Baker Mayfield... OBJ, Landry, 
anyone else on that fucking team, they're only good leaders when they're winning. They're only good leaders when they're winning. The Broncos, they found the running game. Sutton, the number one wide receiver. Noah Fant, he made plays. Allen, the kid from Arkansas, understands situational football. A lot better than what Baker Mayfield does, let me tell you. But like I said, the fourth and four, what are you doing, Baker? What are you doing? Yikes. Wow. Okay. Uh. Um, I agree with you on all of that. Uh, what's more disappointing is this Browns defense. Obviously, yes, you're only averaging two touchdowns per game on offense with all of these fucking weapons. You, That's disgusting. Like, you should be ashamed of yourself and embarrassed. And how does Landry have more targets than OBJ? How are you not finding ways to get OBJ open? I mean, just literally watch the Chiefs play or the Rams play or the fucking Saints play. Watch them. They manage to make plays that their receivers are open. Like, they are like, hey, there's no way a defense can guard this. Like, he will be open right here. Like, just do the same fucking thing. Like, this is a copycat league. Just do it, Kitchens. Nike, just do it. Like, who gives a fuck? Like, and then this defense, <laughs> this defense is, it's embarrassing. Like, they, they can't tackle. You brought up the Fant to play, right? Like, Fant went 75 yards, and it should have been a six-yard gain and tackled. And he Broke just— four tackles. Yeah. I, I can't even say he broke them. He—there were guys around, and he just stiff-armed stiff armed them. Like, he didn't break tackles. Like, they weren't trying to tackle him. They hit him and, like, bounced off. Uh, whatever, their safety. What was their safety's name today that got cut? Whitehead? Yeah, Jermaine yeah. Whitehead, I think. Yeah, that right? that's, that's embarrassing. Like, bad look. Bad look for... Uh, still Darryl. in uniform. Ten minutes after the game ended. He yeah. is still yeah. in the team uniform, sitting in his locker doing that. Yeah. I mean, it's a bad look for John Dorsey right now. It's a bad look. He needs to get his shit together. Uh, kitchens, like, I'm not going to jump on Kitchens. Like, everybody's jumping on Kitchens right now. Like, everybody understands he's not a good coach. Like, it's fine. Like, but move on. Like, admit when you're wrong and just move on. Again, we said this last week. You have Munkin there. Like, fire fucking kitchens and let Munkin take over. Like, you got a spark last year when it happened. Try it again. See what the fuck happens. What's the worst that can happen? You can't go much worse than two and six and about to be two and seven because you play the Bills next week or this upcoming weekend and they're going to fucking curb stomp you. Like they're going to just like run your ass over. Like they are grown ass men and they're going to just play you guys and think that you guys are children. The way that you guys tackle, the way how you guys are not tough. Like they're going to just walk over you. Like what they just did. Who did they play again? Who did the Bills play again? The Bills? They played the Redskins. They played the Redskins, right? The Redskins, I mean, they just slowed down the Vikings and, like, had a tough game there. Like, at least their defense is somewhat tough. They're going to just walk all over them. And then we talked about this last night. But then after that, so they'll be, whatever, 2-7. and And then they got 
I think they're going to find a way to beat the Steelers, and then they play the Dolphins and they win. And it's like I think people are like, oh, they're starting to catch their stride when really they're just not playing tough teams. And then I think they're going to lose a few games. They're not because like at this point they're going to have to basically win out to make the playoffs. Not going to happen. But like because you play the Steelers twice, you're not going to sweep them. You play the Ravens again. Do you really? Do you really think you're going to sweep the the Ravens here? You played the Bills. You got all these other teams that like are just as good as you. I I think it's time to just hey be like hey we we still need a few more pieces. Maybe we were premature here and we were one year ahead of what we thought we were. And the whole OBJ thing. What do you think it's? Do you think it's play calling or do you think that I guess it's three things, right? Play calling, Baker's just really, really not good, or are those two just not on the same page? I mean like the play calling was there at the end of the game. Like OBJ is put in an opportunity to beat his guy in man, and he did it. And he was beaten. He had a great game. I know he only had like yeah. 90 yards, but like they were great plays. Like and the one play awesome. that the one big play that he had was almost intercepted. Like he literally had to rip the ball away from Harris. Yeah. Like OB, like, excuse me, not OBJ. Like the same thing with Mitchell Trubisky and Baker Mayfield. They can't throw the out route. Like they, they can't do it. They are not strong enough to throw that ball off-centered with their feet not set, right? Like, they cannot make that throw without driving into it. And there's nothing wrong with that. That's a hard throw to make. Like, a football field, I believe, is 55 yards wide. You know how hard it is to throw a ball 13 yards up the field and 25 yards out with a defender with an NFL corner breaking down on the ball? Like, that's a hard thing to do without your feet set, let alone with your feet set. Like, that's, that's a hard thing to do, and, like, you have to understand that you're not capable of that. And once you do, like, it'll make you better in a way. Like, admitting your weaknesses makes you better. We'll get real deep there for a second. But, like, it's Baker. Like, he's not going through his progressions. And I said it a second ago when this team only has good leaders when they're winning. The end of the game in that situation where they still have an opportunity to win or get the ball back and win – that team, all their stars are sitting away from each other. Baker Mayfield sitting on the bench with, I think, a coach and the backup quarterback just sitting there kind of pouting or look on his face of like, God dang, like, here we go again. OBJ, he's not having like a fit, but he is definitely frustrated at the situation that he's in, that this team is in because he realizes they can be better than what they currently are. So he's having his like own mindset like on his own, on the sideline, away from everybody. And then Landry, the camera doesn't even pan to him. But if those are your three leaders and the three best people on your team, why are they not all together trying to figure out what they can do on the next drive to get them a win? Like what we see with Jimmy Garoppolo, right? When Jimmy Garoppolo first got to San Francisco and he played those last five games and they're playing the Jacksonville Jaguars, Jimmy Garoppolo had a conversation with all of his guys on the sideline on what play they were going to run and who he was going to hit and what he was going to go to and like pictured everything perfectly down the field. They go out. They execute it, and they come back and win the game. The Browns, they're all doing their own thing. They're pissed. They're frustrated. They're disgusted with themselves. And then you ultimately don't give yourself a chance to win against the Denver Broncos, a team that has a quarterback playing 
that's been in the NFL for, I think, at least three years and has not had a single start, and you lose to him. Yeah. That's not a good look. It's not a good look. Yeah, everyone's shitting on Freddie Kitchens. I think it's all Baker. He's regressing. He's not making reads. Yeah. They they just need to clean house this I mean, I would do it sooner rather than later, I think. Uh, I kind of talked about this with the Falcons, right? Like, don't fire Dan Quinn if you don't think you have the successor. Maybe Munkin is the successor. Like, you have a chance that you have that on your roster. So, like, firing Kitchens is not a bad thing. It's, like, see if it sparks your team. If not, oh, well, you got a top 10 pick. It is what it is. Uh, All right, let's move on to the next one, and that is the Packers versus the Chargers. Oh, what do you know? It's fucking November. Uh, time for the Chargers to go on a fucking hot streak. Here comes a <laughs> seven and one run between November and December, and we're gonna be talking about a nine and seven team that's like, oh shit, they just snuck in as the sixth seed. Better fucking look out for them. Ding 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 ding. Welcome to the AFC West, Bub. Uh, man, that's the second time me, of me calling you that today. You're not Bub. You're Bro. What's up, Bro? Good call, Bro. Uh, really, this game, the Chargers kind of owned the time of possession. Melvin Gordon was a huge part of it. They got the running game going throughout the entire game. The Packers are not protecting Aaron Rodgers. He was sacked five times last week against the Chiefs. I didn't get a number for this week, but Joey Bosa was in the backfield quite a bit. Ingram was also there quite a bit. Uh, the special teams for the Chargers. Or, yeah, there was a special teams turnover. Chargers had the block punt. That's where it is. That's what that note means. And then, like I said, they just had the ball a lot. And that was really kind of the difference for them. The Packers, the, once they started to get things rolling, they were already down 19 to nothing. And then when they got it again, they were down 23 to 3 or 26 to 3. You're just put in a tough position to kind of come back and win that game, especially when the Chargers were as successful as they were on the ground. That pretty much sums up this game. The Packers, it was kind of a wake-up call for them. You hear Aaron Rodgers say that after the game. So they'll they'll recover from it. Yeah, not worried about the Packers whatsoever. And I'm sorry, I don't know his name. Whoever their new OC is for the Chargers. He, he, Matt LaFleur? No, for the Chargers, not... Uh, not yeah. That's the head yeah, coach. Yeah, they just fired Ken Wisnott. Yeah, yeah. yeah, so I don't remember his name. It's... A 33-year-old dude or 34-year-old young dude. He looks like he's 12. They kept showing him on the sidelines. He he called a fantastic game. Like, he did an awesome job. So, good for him. I think they really do have something with him. And I'm not going to, like, be like, oh, he's, he's amazing because of one game. But, like, the way he was calling things was fantastic. And I really do think that you can see a Chargers run. And I'm not saying maybe maybe not a seven and one run, like I said at the start, that's more joking around. But I could easily see them winning five, maybe five of their next eight, maybe six of their next eight. I could see that. So um it looks like it's the quarterback's coach Shane yes. Stitchin. Yep, that's I him. watched that last name, but Yep, but that's the guy. Huh. Pretty good. Good for him though, dude. That's awesome. Yeah. So, I mean, I guess that's all we got for that. Uh, Mike Williams, like they found a way to get him the ball yep. in open field. That that's the key, right? Like that's something that they've been missing this year that they weren't missing last year. Mike Evans or Mike Evans, Mike Williams had a lot of plays when he was in open field last year. I mean, you know that from that Chiefs game, that Thursday night game. Like that's the feel that you got watching this game. So, uh, we can move on to the next game, which was the Sunday night game. And that is the Patriots versus the Ravens. 
Uh, Austin, do you want to start us out on this game? Uh, yeah, the Patriots, they are human beings, and they do make mistakes, and they can lose. Believe it or not, that is possible for the New England Patriots in Baltimore. Baltimore in all-black jerseys at a night game. Like, why are you not doing that more often? Like, why are just the all-black jerseys just not your initial jersey anyways? Because that's a terrifying look. Like, if you roll in all-black and purple, I'm scared. I'm already scared anyways. You got Lamar Jackson as your quarterback, a guy who I've been saying all offseason is a great quarterback. He's going to have a big year. He's going to be hard to stop. Like, I'm just pissed off that no one else listened to me. Um, If you've been listening to the show since then, you know that is a big, fat motherfucking lie. Uh, Sorry for the MF for there, but, you know, it is what it is. Here we go. The Ravens, did they find a formula to beat the Patriots, similar to what we saw the 49ers do a couple years ago against the Jaguars and their great defense? Or is it just the fact that the New England has really not played any offense? And the offenses that they have played, their quarterbacks just love to give them the ball. Like, they just love to say, hey, it's cool to see you guys. You got Bill Belichick sitting over there. Like, we just kind of came with a couple gifts. Like, here you go. Here's a housewarming gift. Here's a couple interceptions. Here's a fumble. Here's the turnover. Here's the mistakes. But Baltimore was like, fuck it. We're not giving you anything. We don't give a shit. And that's what Lamar Jackson did. The Ravens' defensive line got to Tom Brady. Um, it was awesome to kind of see that. A lot of teams have been getting to Tom Brady. But that defensive line is what got to Brady. It's what stopped the running game, forced them to pass. Treese, you've been saying this at secondary for the Ravens is one of the best. It's deep. They're good. Marcus Peters being there helps out a lot. And then the Ravens, they just stayed aggressive. Like throughout the entire game, like not one point did it feel like the Ravens just kind of like backed down and was like, okay, we have a comfortable lead. We're good. Maybe they did for a little bit when the Patriots scored. But after that, I was like, okay, we got to buckle back down. But New England just really didn't have anything going for them, and their defense just could not stop the running attack from the Ravens, and they could not stop Lamar Jackson. Like, that guy is a different animal. He's great with the ball. Like, damn. Like, maybe that was just the difference in this game was Lamar Jackson because he had a hell of a game in prime time. Yeah, he did. Absolutely. And I don't think that, like, they found a formula to, like, beat the Patriots. I think that you just have to have a strong running game. But, like, there's a lot of things that – Lamar Jackson just made plays with his feet and nobody, no other quarterback in the NFL can do that. There's not another one. Like he's the only one that can do it. So, um, sure. I guess that's their recipe. Have a fucking freak athlete at quarterback and that'll, that'll do it. Uh, but he made a lot of great plays of scrambling and you think that he's going to run it, but he keeps his eyes down the field and he makes throws. And I think that was the, big key there i think there's a lot of times where he probably would have ended up a yard or two short if he ran it but and the linebackers were biting on that thinking that he was and that made those crossing routes open up so i i was very happy to see it obviously with me being on that ravens bandwagon all off season uh i'm i'm very happy to see it i'm very happy to see them being successful there uh the defense i mean causing turnovers i mean patriots were making their run and forcing that Edelman turnover and returning it for a touchdown was just a game changer. And that's the type of shit that you have to do against the Patriots. They Even if you get up early, they're going to make their fucking run. I don't care if Tom Brady's not looking like Tom Brady of old. Like He's still going to do it. The Patriots' defense is still going to make stops. I mean, they got up by, like, what, two or three score, two scores, and then they forced two fumbles. Like, the defense is still going to be there. So, I mean, you just... I liked what you said. Like they kept their like foot on the gas in a sense. Like they weren't like, okay, we have the win. Like 
now let's not lose it. Like they were like, no, let's fucking win this. We talked about this when the chart, uh, when the Chiefs and Ravens played. Like, where yep. came, like they probably lost the game because they were too aggressive. But I mean, that's what the Ravens decided they were gonna be this year. Like, fuck it, fourth down, going for it. Fuck it. We scored a touchdown. We're going for two. Like we have to score points against teams like the Chiefs and like the Patriots to win this game. Like, let's pull a Trent Dilfer here. If you score more points than the other team, you're probably going to win the game. That fucking retard. I fucking hate him. <laughs> I fucking hate Trent Dilfer. He's such an idiot. For the record. I He's not him. even on TV anymore. No, because because the, they were like, you do stupid ass takes. Why would we have you on TV? <laughs> Touche, brother. Touche. So, anyways, <laughs> anyways, getting back to the point, though, is I love how aggressive they are. I really do. And it, is it could it come back and haunt them in the playoffs if they continue to do it? Sure. But I love that they're not, like, sitting back and waiting for teams to make runs on them. They're just saying, no, we're going to put this out of reach so you can't. I, I really, really enjoy the way they're playing. Yeah, it was very impressive. It's going to be great to see kind of how the AFC unfolds for the rest of the year, especially after the Patriots losing. Tom Brady really not looking like himself. He had a silly turnover. Um, it, I honestly feel like that was kind of the game-changing point where the Ravens were like, okay, we're, like, we're winning this game. Like That happened, and they were like, we're, like, we're winning this. I feel like that's when the tone really hit in for them that this is, like, is going to happen. So the Patriots, how do they respond to this? The Ravens, how do they build off of this? And then the Chiefs coming back healthy. Like, those are just the things that you see within the AFC. How does the AFC South turn out? Then the NFC, like, that's just an open race right now. Like, the Vikings lose. The Packers lose. I mean, everyone in the AFC West won. I think everyone in the NFC North lost last last week. Like, it was just, like, all those things that took place that ultimately changes how the outcome of the season goes. And it's it's been exciting to see happen. Um, this is really about all we have for you guys on this episode. Trace, is there anything you want to add? Or you want me to just keep rolling? Keep on rolling, he says. So this is what we're going to do. Uh, our next episode, we're going to be previewing week 10 of the NFL season. We are already here. It's awesome. Like we say almost every episode, every week, we appreciate you guys joining us um, throughout this ride of our first NFL season together of Talking Football. It's been enjoyable. It's been a fun one. I can't wait for the next show. Until then, we will see you guys, and as always, we are Talking Football.